Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. My name is Daryl. I'm your host, and this is the Quiet Part Loud uh, episode thirteen, I believe. Uh, we're on now, um, keeping it rolling. And I think I got to hold myself back a little bit because, you know, there's always something to talk about. And I think, you know, for the sake of of, of diluting the shows or 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 just, I guess. <laughs> oversaturating the the space with too much content I have to be mindful of um, but in the current climate it seems like there's something to talk about every single day and issues that need to be addressed in and set right or at least have an opinion thrown at them um, you know we live in crazy times and 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 I don't want to I don't want to leave things if there's stuff to talk about because I feel like they should be heard. And, you know, we don't have a huge audience yet, but uh, maybe there's somebody listening. Maybe there's somebody that will listen down the road that may get something from it. But again, my, my main thing here is to, you know, sort of amplify the nonsense to a point where its absurdity becomes irrefutable and uh, something which you can't ignore and therefore have to address. Um, you know, have to address the absurdity of it, have to address the, the the need for change, whatever it may be, you know, uh, a catalyst against the status quo when the status quo is nonsense, is, uh, is just not tenable. And I think that's kind of where we find ourselves now. And obviously I'm talking about the situation in the U.S., um, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop there. Um, the Florida shooting at the high school over there is just, is just the latest, right? Um, but it's, it's been so that the peers and the friends of the victims and the family of the victims in this particular shooting, you know, it's like the straw, right? That breaks the back. It just seems that and I attribute some of this to the women's marches, the Me Too movement, to to the fact that you've got the leader over there that you've got currently, um, and people just, you know, having it up to up to here with it, um, and needing to voice an opinion and and to and to voice which side of the argument, which side of history they're going to find themselves on, and I think that's super important. We need to dispel the nonsense. We need to... Personally, I think we need to quit acting like this is some big fucking mystery that we don't know how we're going to solve. And I say we, again, as a collective global we. I don't know how America is going to solve their gun problem, but I've definitely got some tenable ideas. Some which I mentioned on the last episode... You know, I wish people who had these audience, had, had audiences in podcast world, in the news media, in the broadcast world, would stop saying, I don't know what we're supposed to do about it. It just, you know, 
that's untenable to me. I can't, I can't, I can't swallow that in terms of, well, we don't know because we've got this thing over here called the Second Amendment and that's been ratified. We can't do anything about that. Um, but we really, we don't want, we don't want kids dying anymore. Uh, yeah, we know that, you know, kind of signpost that. But we've got this Second Amendment, you know, this thing that was written, you know, a couple hundred years ago and uh, and, and defines when people were trying to steal your property and, and, and steal your wife and your crops and your livestock and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, we've got machine guns on the fucking streets and you don't know what to do about it? I mean, Mark Rubio last night took part in a town hall type thing with uh, an NRA representative, spokeswoman, uh, and a couple of other folks. And they had the some of the students there from, from the high school. And it was a kind of free and open conversation uh, that was mediated or moderated by uh, Jay Tapper from CNN. And... You know, I've seen I've seen most of it. Um, I've seen the Rubio bits, and unless he unless he's finished with politics in the next ten years, his political career, effectively, off the back of what he was saying last night, is done. You you can't. It's why I thought one of the questions that the kid asked was brilliant. Um, and we're going to get on to CNN's kind of continued exposure of these students and continued like kind of moving these kids around, interviewing them at every segment. We're going to get to that in a minute. But one of the questions that uh, he's kind of like the main kid besides the girl with the shaved head. I don't I don't know his name. Um but he said can, flat out, and, and this is the thing, right? This is a questioning. And these, are, and these are the sound bites you need. These are the way you have to question politicians because they only work in sound bites. And they talk, at, they talk around the question and talk around the point, giving you an answer that they are happy with, not what you're happy with. But because they take so fucking long to get to it and they try to create these sound bite moments, you always miss the actual point. So... I've said it on previous episodes, and I, and I continue to say it. I've said it for ages. You have to drill down on the point. You have to question these guys with a very, very simple, straightforward answer. Uh, sorry, a very simple, straightforward question. Like, can you say definitively right now you will not take any further contributions to your campaign from the NRA? Very simple question. He tried to skirt around it. He got booed. It came back. And he went with his instinct. And he said, no, no, I, I, I'm not going to stop taking donations from the NRA. To me, okay, great. You stuck by your laurels and, and, and stuck by kind of how you feel. But the tide is shifting, right? This is, this is do you believe in uh, gay marriage, you know, a few years ago. You cannot be on this side of the conversation anymore because like I said in the last episode, there's no justification anymore that there never has been, but even even more so now. 
there is no justification that you can give me that is a sensible one as to why automatic weapons should be sold to the public. None. Protection, recreation, whatever. Sportsmanship, doesn't matter. Do not tell me an AR-15 is something that you hunt wildlife with. If you do, you should have your hunting license, if you've got one, re revoked completely. That's unethical hunting, so don't give me that. And I don't know where you think you live, but this is not Kabul, and this is not Darfur, um, and this is not the middle of Baghdad. You don't need an AR-15 to protect your home. So what's the other argument? What are we waiting for? Mr. President, where is that statement? We need them for nothing. It does nothing to the Second Amendment. And you get rid of a mass murder machine in terms of proliferating the distribution of them going forward. Obviously, then you need mechanisms put in place to get the ones that are currently out there off the street. There's any number of penalties you can uh, levy. There's any number of uh, incentives you can levy towards, you know, incentivizing people to give these guns back. But I'm sorry because on the other side of it, if the person that owns this gun, these guns, refuses to get rid of them in the current climate, they should be tagged as a person that needs paying attention to, in my opinion. That's where we are right now. Because nobody's saying take guns away from Americans, right? At least I'm not. I'm saying get the mass murder weapons out, right? So Trump has come out now, and what's his solution, right? Because this is why I had to do this today, because you've got this person who's running a country, effectively running the free world, or at least influencing it a great deal with the power of America, and he sits in a round circle with a bunch of students and his best plan of action is to give teachers guns. Now, I don't know how many uh, people out there uh, know anything about what teachers deal with on a daily basis. I know fractionally what they deal with on a daily basis. Uh, there's a couple people in my periphery um, you know, acquaintances and things like that, that are teachers. Um, the, my nine to five job work is working for the glo um, for the biggest, uh, teacher publication in the world. Uh, but th that's not to say that I know the, in the ins and outs of a teacher's day better than, you know, this person or that person. But what I'm, what I am saying is I have an understanding of what they go through in terms of, uh, stresses at work, pay rates, uh, lifestyle, um, you know, how they feel generally about being in that industry and what it's doing to their quality of life. Talk about a group of individuals that are underpaid, underappreciated, and completely, completely overworked. So now, just so we're straight, the plan of action here, now this is in the UK, right, that I'm saying that I understand kind of what teachers are dealing with. But in America, it's, it can't be better. It can't be better. Um, 
I think some teachers in America are on like 15 grand a year. Um, so underpaid, underappreciated, overworked. Oh, by the way, in addition to us uh, wanting you to volunteer your spare time for, you know, the extracurricular activities and sports clubs, etc., that the school wants to offer its students, what we want to do now is, is, is give you this gun so you can act as a forceful protector of the students, right? Not just mentoring and guiding and, you know, being a caretaker for them the whole entire day. Now we want you to be strapped as well. So that if any one of these, you know, crazy bastards, we're not going to take, we're not going to take away what they're doing it with. What we're going to do is we're going to give you one too, so you can fire back, and hopefully that works. And we're going to give you, you know, three hours of training or whatever it may be. Because let's be honest, what are they going to do? Send them on a six-month course where they're dedicated only to learning about firearms? Let's get real. We're going to give teachers handguns or automatics or semi-automatic weapons to protect the students are you fucking crazy how would you feel as a parent sending your kid to school knowing that there's an armed guard on the outside and some armed teachers inside fucking test results uh today kids i hope nobody's failed you know like these teachers are so stressed out, so underpaid, have a shit quality of life, and yet you want to invoke this responsibility on them and say, here, now manage a Glock. I mean, you must be out of your fucking mind. Or what are we going to do? We're going to bring um, ex-military personnel and now the number one job um, that they can apply for with current qualifications is to guard a kid's school. So now you got big Blackwater looking motherfuckers standing at the gates, at the entrances, patrolling the hallways, patrolling the change rooms, the perimeter. You know, let's stiff, put some uh, fucking bomb sniffing dogs with them or something. Like, let's get them walking around with Rottweilers or, or, or German Shepherds and shit. What are we talking about here? Are we turning schools into prisons? This is the solution from the commander-in-chief, and that's in fucking quotations, by the way. This is, this is his best suggestion. And he's saying the average school shooting takes three minutes to complete, and um, average time of first responders is eight to nine minutes. So if we have uh, teachers in schools with guns and armed uh, security guards in schools, that is the best deterrent we can come up with. No, it's not. No, it's not. The best deterrent for stopping people killing other people with machine guns is to get rid of the machine guns. I'm sorry, but when, when the state of your youth and their emotional development and actual physical in terms of being alive or fucking dead, when that's on the line, there is no debate. 
about what some old fucking white guys wrote 200 years ago when it took you 30 seconds to reload your gun. Because one of these AR-15s could have taken out most of the army on its own when that law was written or when that amendment was written. So don't give me this fucking bullshit about the fact that we can't make amendments to it because I don't think even in the second amendment it has anything specific about these types of weapons. So why can't we address it? If the National Rifle Association is all about responsible usage of firearms, why are they not standing up? And if they're not standing up, why would anybody continue to support a government official that refused to cut ties with them? The time has passed for this consideration, and I want people to start taking a fucking stance on these things with some actual vigor and some conviction. Because while we're floating around these bullshit topics about, I don't know what to do, um, you know, I'm open to any suggestions, I'll support legislation that, you know, that does this but doesn't do that, you, the time has passed for all that. And I want these kids to keep this shit up. Because this is what we need. But further to that, we need to affect these politicians in their pockets. And the only way you're going to do that is by voting, right? Because you've got no economic, real economic contribution towards these politicians. That's what the NRA does. That's what Big Pharma does, right? You give your couple of hundred quid as a donation and it's a blip. Yes, it adds up when you've got hundreds of thousands of people doing it for sure. But one ma major donation from a group like the NRA and all that shit is equalized and surpassed. So you can only make your vote count in terms of commerce by taking it away and giving it to somebody that views things in a sensible manner, in a rational, logical way that is in line with the way we want to progress and evolve as a society. And for me, the reasoning behind giving more guns to people is just not a rational decision. It's not a rational solution. It's not a rational consideration for the scope of the problem. And by the way, neither is turning semis into automatic weapons, right? These, um, what do you call them? These bump stocks? Like, yeah, ban them, for sure. And while you're at it, ban assault, assault rifles and assault weapons, right? Because you're... It's, it's kind of in the whole thing, right? And this is the fucking, this is hilarious bit to me is that he can, he can make a public statement that says, I want to ban the mechanism that makes, uh, you got to listen to it, right? Because it's illegal weapons, right? Doesn't want to do anything to legal weapons. So if you can legally buy a, a, an automatic weapon, that's cool. But if you illegally buy it, again, look at who we're targeting here, right? With the verbiage. Right, not the gun owners, not the not the not the not the actual people that perpetrate these massacres, which are effectively an exclusively white problem, by the way. No, bump stocks. What do they do? They turn semi-autos into autos. Right, 
or standards into autos, right? Effectively, they give it automatic capability, the ability to fire off more rounds quicker. It's what the guy in Vegas used to convert some of his weapons, right? So he wants to go ahead and make a public statement that bans that, that bans those things. So effectively, he's saying weapons are okay, but the automatic weapons aren't. So why would you not go and address the automatic weapons on their own as a as a meritable uh, piece of legislation or piece of action? You want to stop the conversion from static to auto, but you don't want to say anything about actually the auto part. Like, why can you not have one and the other? It doesn't have to just be that. Let's go with this thing. Like, I was actually... That it was positive that Trump said, I want to ban uh, bump stocks or whatever the fuck they're called. But that's not far enough and it doesn't actually address the problem. You know, the problem is there's over 400 million guns in people's hands in America. And a big number of them can kill towns. <laughs> like... So, no, I don't think putting guns in the hands of teachers is the right solution. No, I don't think having armed guards at every school in America is the solution. Equally, I don't think just banning assault rifles and bump stocks for public consumption or ownership is, is, is the only solution part of this solution either but it's a fucking nice place to start can you imagine the politician that comes out and says like you could almost run on that as a platform now the tides have shifted dr that dramatically you know so for him to sit there and and again you have to listen to the words he's using and it's real hard because he's hard to listen to and he makes no fucking sense but hidden between you know the drool and the stuttering and the word and, and just the, the the lack of vocabulary, there are some telltale signs. Like he says, illegal guns, right? Illegal guns. Not he doesn't want to touch anything that's anything that's purchased legally, which just happened to be the case in the Florida high school shooting and the Vegas shooting as well. And God knows what else, Sandy Hook, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I don't know, but I'm using these two most recent examples today to show the fact that you can't just hear what he's saying you got to listen to it because he's talking about illegal weapons he's not talking about legally purchased weapons and i'm talking about the whole classification of automatic weapons there is no justification for having any of them anymore the military's not coming for your house you don't need to protect yourself like they did in Waco. You know what I mean? We gotta have some fucking sense about us and we gotta start holding these politicians accountable. Now I'll give Rubio a, 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 a dash of credit for showing up and actually saying something. It just was a shame that the things that he said were wrong. Although he does support not arming kids, um, uh, not arming uh, teachers, and armed guards at, at kids' school. He doesn't agree with that. Doesn't agree with that. But he doesn't want to stop taking contributions from the NRA. 
doesn't think we should have an all-out ban on these. He he wants to adjust magazine sizes and things like that. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like telling an alcoholic the way we're going to cure you or solve your problem here is by taking you off the whiskey and putting you on the vodka. And then when we got you on the vodka, what we'll do is we'll slowly transition you to wine. What are we fucking weaning people off? Are these guys crack addicts? The guns they own are responsible for the murder of children. It doesn't happen anywhere else in the world, folks. So what the fuck are we doing here? So can we start making some concrete decisions? Can we start having some concrete opinions in terms of how we think about this issue? Because this is not something that's going to stop. In fact, I'm just waiting for the news to show me the next one. Because it's inevitable when you have this much firepower on the streets available, right? The person who owns the gun, they might be a very sensible individual. But what if they forget to lock their cabinet one day and their crazy ass son goes in there, grabs it and says, I don't like my history teacher. Game on. There are any number of variables that can occur with these weapons available to people. You know how many can happen when the weapons aren't available to people? A lot less. Right? Just by the nature of math. And I'm not saying we get rid of the Second Amendment. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that America should stop being able to own guns. Fuck, that, that would cause a revolution. You know, that would be the biggest march probably in American history. But these assault weapons and anything over a certain caliber and anything over a certain capacity should be banned full stop. And if you want to go and play with them and make your dick feel bigger, You know, get a little injection of fucking uh, dopamine. Then go to a place that has them. Right? A shooting range or, you know, one of these places, target practice places. There's fucking plenty of them in America. If you have such an appetite for shooting these weapons off, why do you have to have one in your backyard? Why can't you just go to a club, be social? Because that's really it, right? It's a matter of convenience. If we're really that enamored by these weapons and wanting so badly to have them and interact with them and, you know, feel their power and, and their capabilities, if we're that in love and enamored with them, then wouldn't we make more of an effort to engage with them? for the sake of saving some kids' lives? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought some of the responses yesterday were incredibly, incredibly off 
tone and just miss the mark massively. And I have very little confidence in politicians and legislators and things at the best of times. You know, this, this shit is just even surprising to me how ignorant they are about it because of cash. That's it. It's cash. If there was no money in this, there would be no argument in this. And these products would be gone. That's it. Smoking, same thing. Pharmaceuticals, same thing. Monopolies on agriculture, same thing. Whilst money is in politics, and this is the root, right? This is underneath the surface now, right? Because we got all the shit above the surface. We got all the, you know, the kind of the, the, the trees and the branches and the leaves and, and all the fruit up top to showing all the chaos and all the confusion. But underneath, it's the same sort of confusion. It's just real dirty, real dark, real cold down there. You know, the root system of the political environment where it's a pay to play game and that's it. That is it. And as long as you pay, you can play. Well, people's kids are getting shot in the back at school. There you go. You know, I mentioned earlier throughout that rant and apologies, that was half an hour, but you know, this shit fucks and it just fucks me up a little bit. Um, and I mentioned earlier in that rant about CNN giving all these kids uh, from the high school like exposure and kind of banding them about across all these segments and all these town hall meetings and these interviews and things like that. And I saw something on Twitter uh, that was from Breitbart. And no, I don't read Breitbart, but it's all, you know, you got to pay attention to who the other side of listening to, right? That's the whole, that's the whole fighting the echo chamber type of uh, scenario. You can't just stay in your bubble or you don't know what the hell is going on truly. And you never have a real grasp on, you know, what your opponents your, or your adversaries or people who you may be in a debate with are thinking and feeling and talking about. You need to be in tune with both sides, right? But I saw this thing on Breitbart and it was talking about how CNN are uh, basically taking advantage of these kids. And I don't like Breitbart. I mean, it's a Steve Bannon, right, creation. It's, it's fucking garbage. Let's be honest. It's bottom of the barrel scraping shit. Nazi garbage. Um, but the headline actually was like, well... Maybe there is something in that because on one hand, and, and I'm sure this is how they're going to you know, play it off with any people that throw this exploitation argument in their face, is that, well, they're just drawing attention to the issue, right? And I get that. And I get that. And that's, you know, valid to a point, Right. Because just like anything, if you if you overexpose anything, it you know the reaction, the action has a has a, an equal reaction, right? 
and the pendulum was always kind of swinging. We never really settle in the middle. We're always kind of like one extreme and then swinging back to the other extreme. And that's why we go from Obama to, um, to Trump, right? It's, it's the pendulum swinging. And I was just thinking like, is this exploitation or is this just good exposure against the issue or is it a bit of both? And I think that's where it is actually. I think it's a bit of both. I think one, this is the most watched content period right now. Pretty much undeniable, right? Therefore, they'll be running adverts. Therefore, they'll be charging a premium for that airtime and for that digital media space. And they'll be making a tidy profit off of this. So to them, it benefits, right? It benefits them because they can play the moral argument against being wholeheartedly against Trump and these guns and wanting the ban to go through. And then you get Jake Tapper there being, you know, the fair and equal moderator and everything like that. But they're getting a shit ton of ad revenue off of these segments. And I wonder if there's any initiative out there. I haven't looked, but I wonder if there's any initiative out there from CNN to say, you know what? All the ad revenue we're making since the shooting to present, you know, and put, let's put a three week time limit on it or a two week time limit even, I don't care. Make some effort of benevolent contribution outside of just pointing your cameras in these kids' faces. Show me, show people that you're not just about the cash and that you can dispel those, uh, those claims and those insinuations by donating this to something, by creating something out of this, right? That would be a good, a good gesture. That'd be a great gesture. And then what you could also do is throw that onto other networks and challenge them to do the same thing. And who knows, create a bit of media unity maybe around an issue. And again, what you're going to quickly find is who's going to be on the right side of history and who's going to be on the wrong side of history. But we have to moderate this, right? Because if we keep banning these kids around, they're going to get burnt out. They're going to get overexposed. The message is going to become diluted and people will stop listening. And if you're just doing that and there's no real new initiatives or nothing else to speak about other than you know, showing the same sound bites and showing the same interviews and things like that, but also, you know, taking these kids here and here and showing their parents' house and, you know, all this stuff. Let's not overkill it because we don't want to become bleeding heart, uh, you know, the bleeding heart types where it's just like gushing and, and, and nonstop, right? It, you push too far. And you'll stop getting the, the actual uh, results that you want. So I think we have to be real careful. But I think from CNN's point of view, whereas I'm considered, it's kind of a little bit of both. It's a little bit of this is a, you know, if you're in the marketing department or the advertising and commercial department of CNN, you're obviously seeing the benefits of this. You'd be fucking retarded not to, right? But 
be careful. And angle it intelligently if you're playing this for an angle. But again, somebody again, somebody has to give these kids a voice. Somebody has to allow them the ease of access into places that maybe they wouldn't have had access to before. So from that perspective, you know, great job. But be careful because you'll be looked at as an opportunity, an opportunist and someone who is is not genuine about actually it will seem selfish and not selfless and if it's handled correctly and moderated effectively this can be this can be it can be incredibly authentic and 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 really powerful i think um, but I think it needs to be done. It needs to be done carefully. And I'm not saying pull the reins in because we need the exposure. But, you know, tread carefully because you find an overkill point and an oversaturation mark real quick. Uh, and then you've lost all effect and benefit. You know, but it's funny that you can already see these people coming out. And I, I fucking, I'd love to meet one of these people in public because I've never actually had a conversation with somebody that says, you know those kids where 17 of them supposedly got murdered? Yeah, those kids, they're all coached by the FBI. They're all crisis uh, characters. What? Excuse me? These kids are crisis characters. They're actors. They're not real kids. Their friends didn't really get killed. That guy who was speaking in front of Trump yesterday, his daughter didn't get shot in the back three times. Those people should be fucking euthanized. Hey, stay home, cut your fucking hands off and sew your mouth up. Because nothing you do or say is valid if you have the nerve to come out and make those kind of claims. And again, right? Bullshit, anonymous garbage being spewed on social media. It's just like the Black Panther shit, right? It's just like the Black Panther shit. People claiming that they're getting their heads beaten in because they're white and they're showing up to this movie. Are you kidding me? It's like also, I saw this thing online. I saw this thing online <coughs> and it was a white chick and she was like, um, just asking when it's okay for me to go and see the Black Panther movie. I don't want to go opening weekend and suck all the, what I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said something like suck all the joy out of the room with my whiteness. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? When can I go see the movie? Uh, how about as soon as they start selling the tickets? It's a superhero movie. 
every movie has, you know, stories behind it. And if you have a predominantly, um, like, black film where the superhero and all of the characters are black, what do you think the underlying social, historical, socioeconomic issues are going to be related to? Fucking the Jews' oppression in the 1930s? Of course it's going to be about Afro-culture and, you know, black subjugation and things like that. Of course it's going to be that. But that doesn't mean you can't go see it or you have to wait an amount of time before you go and see the fucking movie. It's a comic book movie. Again, it's a superhero movie. You can go and see it whenever you want to. You don't have to wait and you don't have to ask permission by the cultural group that is most prominently featured in the film. You fucking closet racist personality. Like, people blow my fucking mind, you know? People asking per, asking for permission to go and see a movie because they're white and all of the characters in there are black. I mean, I haven't seen the movie yet, right? So I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of quality. I'm sure it's a very good movie. I mean, most of these things I'm not really into, like... Like with superhero movies and shit, like I like the I like the Christopher Nolan Batman's. Um, I like the darker kind of gritty uh, X Men. I don't like the fanciful bullshit. You know, so for me, it's like well, I definitely want to see it, but I don't really like superhero movies, anyways. Uh, except for kind of the ones that I mentioned. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'll comment on the movie after I've seen it, but I'm just commenting on the fucking reaction I've seen people have about the movie. And and again, you know, some of the idiotic statements and, and, and portrayals that have been put out there. It's just absolute lunacy to me. So hopefully we can come to our senses on that. And hey, if you want to go and see the Black Panther movie, go and see the Black Panther movie. Yeah? So, um... Yeah, I am going to wrap, guys. It's been about 40-odd 40, 40 minutes, um, and I just want to come over and voice a couple opinions on that. I also wanted to say that Reese's Pieces are fucking delicious. I've been eating dark chocolate for some time now, and very rarely do I eat milk chocolate, but when I do, it's, it's generally only the Reese's that I grab, and it's only once in a while, but... They're just so good. Um, anyways, sidetrack, sorry. Um, get yourself a Reese's. If you haven't had one, shout out to Reese's. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been getting into cooking. I'm not going to go on. I'm going to wrap. But I've been getting into cooking a lot more lately. And I mentioned a couple of episodes my uh, desire to get a wood oven pizza in my backyard, which is still a goal. And I will be making fresh pizza in that oven before the end of the summer you can take that to the bank uh as a bad guy once said in a steven seagal movie um 
that's definitely going to happen. But overall, I'm just getting really, really into cooking. Um, more so, I, maybe it's because I'm working from home now. I don't know. But like just this week alone, I've like I've made right. There's one thing to have these foods, and you know we eat, I eat any variety of foods, and I'm a very eclectic eater. But in terms of what I cook for myself, that is very basic. Um, but this year, or this year, um, this week, I've made, um, hey, 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 relax, guys, relax. Um, this week, I've made poached eggs, which came out absolutely perfect, by the way, if I don't mind saying so myself. And I've got <coughs> certain comparisons to go off of. Um, so I made poached eggs for the first time came out brilliant i've made buttermilk fried chicken first batch came out really nice second batch not so good the oil was too hot but still nevertheless douse them in that frank's red hot and they're uh you know tasty tasty snacks and uh this morning i had a hand because obviously poached eggs um made a fresh hollandaise sauce from scratch and it turned out really good so i went ahead and uh made eggs benedict off the back of it and i've never made eggs benedict before so i've never made a poached egg before the beginning of this week never made hollandaise sauce before this morning and never made eggs benedict uh before this morning as well so taking all these things off and it's making me really want to upgrade my kitchen uh, to, to be, you know, to be a showstopper basically. Um, so I've got all the kit that I need and, and everything like that. But yeah, I'm just becoming more enamored with like making food and being creative with food. And, you know, it doesn't have to, I know obviously buttermilk fried chicken isn't, you know, the healthiest thing. And, you know, hollandaise sauce isn't the healthiest thing, but like even just having a couple poached eggs, like on toast with avocado, beautiful breakfast. And it's, you know, it's a little bit different than doing scrambled eggs and shit like that. So just that, that variety and that, uh, you know, it's like having, it's like having a good economy of words in your vocabulary. It's like doing the same thing, but culinarily. And, uh, and it's really exciting. And for some reason I just keep watching, like I was telling you before, I'm watching all of these like guys that make these, uh, wood oven pizzas. And, uh, now I'm watching like all these Gordon Ramsay videos and like not so much him yelling and calling people cunts, but uh, more of like his cooking and like actually recipes and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm just, just really enjoying it. Now I just got to, you know, produce a couple dishes that my wife will eat and, and start trusting my food because she has this idea that everything I make is just going to be a big greasy English breakfast on a plate. And to be honest, she's not wrong because, uh, cause I used to eat like that, uh, quite a bit, but now, you know, things are cleaned up and yeah, just really enjoying it. So, you know, on a sunny day, like it is on a sunny spring day in London, like it is, you know, you get that, you know, you get that urge to, to start getting your vegetable garden ready and, and, and getting all your seeds planted. And we're going to do that this weekend because I'm planning on growing an absolute farm uh, in my backyard once we get that all renovated. But 
that's a bit of a sidetrack, guys, and, uh, and and I went off on it. But, you know, you start talking about Reese's Pieces, then my mouth starts salivating, and I start talking about the food that I'm eating and, and all of that good stuff. But uh, we've, we've been going just over 45 minutes, guys, so I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to keep you guys here any longer uh, than you need to be. I came here to voice some of my opinions on, you know, the shit that's been going on uh, around the Florida shooting and the gun issues in America. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to talk about the, uh, the Winter Olympics as well. Cause, um, I mean, for the most part, pretty boring. Um, the least interested I've been in the Olympics in a long time. Uh, but two, two Olympic athletes have just made me die laughing and, uh, and have really just kind of stole the whole show for me, uh, at least momentarily anyways. Um, and I'm calling these guys the Olympic triers um, because it didn't seem like they had any Olympic trials to go through. And I could be wrong because I haven't looked into it, but I'm guessing the level of competition that they had to go against in order to qualify for the Olympics was either very small or non-existent. And I'm only basing that on the performance that they came out with uh, during the actual Olympic Games themselves. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, there's a gentleman from Mexico who is a cross-country skier. And I think there's a woman from... Uh, can't be Japan. It's somewhere else. Anyways. Um, and she was in the uh, half-pipe competition on the skis, I think it was. And if you haven't seen the videos of these two, oh, just brilliant. I mean, the guy from Mexico started cross-country skiing last year, okay? He's like 30. Started skiing last year and got into the Olympics because, you know, I don't imagine skiing is a huge sport in Mexico, cross-country cross skiing even less, but... Uh, this guy got in. <laughs> this guy qualified for the Olympics in cross-country skiing for Mexico. And to maybe some, but possibly nobody's surprise, he came dead last. He came dead last. So he was an Olympic trier because I can't imagine that the trials he went through were, were all that uh, significant. But he finished the race, which was good. And... You know, got the same result as anybody on the planet would if they were in a similar position. So you could move to Zambia um, and say, I want to qualify for the Winter, Winter Olympics in, you know, skeleton, you know. Um, and if there's nobody there and if you set like a certain, I guess, benchmark, then you're in. Um, but this guy did and finished in exactly the same position I would have. Um, so kudos to that guy for, for being an Olympic trier. And, uh, and for the person that, I think it was a woman. I, I, again, I got to look a little bit at it, but, um, I just saw some of the video and it was, it, it was just basically like, <laughs> she, she was just going up and turning and going down and up and turning and coming down and then that was it you know there was there wasn't much more to it than that and it was just hilarious um also hilarious is how canada has now lost its identity because it lost to america in the finals in the gold medal game of the women's ice hockey congratulations canada you can't even do that um 
it was a shootout game. I saw some of the highlights on there. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> saw some of the highlights on there. But to be honest with you, I'm ready for this shit to be over now. It's boring as hell. Um, I don't want to see any more fucking curling on my TV. I don't care how many time they, times they change the rules. Unless those stones blow up, nothing's going to make curling that much more exciting than it is now. And it's not. So let's get on with this. Let's get rid of the, uh, no, let's get rid of, but let's finish the Olympics up. Um, I think we're good on all that, right? Um, anyways, think that's going to be it, guys. I don't want to, I want to keep rambling for, for no reason. Um, all right, that's it. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's, let's go home. Let's call it a day, you know? Uh, or else I'm just going to sit here and find something else to talk about. But we'll save it because we got some shit coming up on the next episode. Um, we're going to look at some upcoming UFC events and things like that. And uh, and whatever else in this whirlwind life hits us smack dab in the face between now and the next time we see each other or hear each other or you listen to me. Um, either way, guys, thanks for stopping in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, any feedback, love to hear it. So um, get in touch on social. Again, appreciate all the support. So click, like, subscribe. Uh, any engagement is good engagement. And, uh, you know, any of your feedback is always welcome. So hit us up on social at Quiet Part Loud um, on Twitter. Our Facebook page is there as well. That's live. Going to start promoting that very, very soon. And we should be up and live on iTunes in the next week or so. I just got to find some time to actually get that done. Uh, we're uploading all of the past episodes to Facebook now. Uh, so those will be available for you guys to listen to if you haven't caught any of them. Or if you want to go back and check out kind of how we started, rough around the edges. Not that we're, you know, smooth as ice now because we're not, but we're working on it every day. Uh, but those old episodes are going to be up. I think I've got six up at the moment. So the uh, the others will up, be up probably later tonight. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So until next time, guys, thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, until next time, all the best. <laughs>